The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today. 1976, Episode 5, Long Hair at Madison Square. In this episode, we'll cover May 23rd through May 25th. Spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap Good evening, this is Dennis Elsis And it's Monday night at WNAWFM at long last, there will be long hair at Madison Square. Following just one announcement, both Madison Square Garden concerts sell out within hours. Monday, May 24th. Early in the day, John Lennon requests two tickets for tomorrow night's Wings concert. John is also seen signing autographs and posing for pictures with fans outside the Dakota at 3.30 in the afternoon. Well, last Friday, ex-Beatle Paul McCartney and his group Wings played to a standing room only crowd at the Nassau Coliseum. Tonight, they're performing the first of two concerts at Madison Square Garden. Again, scalpers have the only tickets and they're reportedly selling for $100 a seat. And there's a rumor going around this town that McCartney may not be the only Beatle on stage tomorrow. Bob O'Brien has more. When 
Whenever any ex-Beatle goes on tour, there are always the rumors. Maybe here, maybe tonight, the Magic Quartet will walk on stage and recreate the 60s for the chosen few thousand who happen to be in the audience. A West Coast promoter named Bill Sargent has offered to pay the four a cool $50 million for a reunion. But McCartney says the only way the Beatles would come together again is if we wanted to do something musically. Nonetheless, rumors persist that it could happen at tomorrow night's Wings concert at the Garden. We asked Dennis Alsis to tell us why Beatle maniacs think their dream will come true. We have been hearing rumors for years, and of course now with Paul uh, playing at the Garden tonight and tomorrow night, there seems to be a lot of speculation that there's a chance maybe John would show up, and of course everyone would hope that John might show up or that the others would show up, but there's no foundations to the rumors. They're just street rumors. rumors. What do you think about it? Is it, is it possible? Where's George Harrison? Where's Ringo Starr? Uh, Ringo, I think, is in L.A., but I don't know. We think that George is in Europe. John, of course, lives in New York. Anything's possible. It would be terrific, but it's just a magical dream. I mean, it would be nice if it happened, but I don't really believe... Well, you never know. It could. It would be nice if it did. Inside Madison Square Garden as the night rolls on.
McCartney's first concert at Madison Square Garden in over 12 years has been going on for more than two hours now, and so far, no Beatle bulletins. Will it happen tomorrow night? We don't know, but we will be there to find out. After the concert, radio host Dennis Halsis of WNEW-FM in New York went backstage to interview Paul and Linda McCartney. Anything else, Thank you for uh, for talking with us for a few minutes. Yeah. And thank you for an incredible show. Great. Glad you liked it. And thank you for coming back. Hey, man. What can I say? Um, you had done tours of, of England and of Europe, but yeah. this is the first American tour. Yeah. Were you waiting for anything special, or was there any particular... Well, we're, we're a pretty new band, you know, when you think of it in the present lineup. So we were just waiting to sort of feel we were ready to come and play in America. You know, it's a big place, and you're playing to big audiences. So we had to feel like we got it together. So uh, that's what we were doing you know, before we came. Right. Getting it together, man. It was an incredible night. Two and a half hours, 27 songs in all, including two encores. I loved it. And so did 20,000 other people at Madison Square Garden. Oh, it was a good show. It was great. Fantastic. It was the outrageous concert. Best concert what, what ever song you ever saw in Fantastic. Their guitarist was a lot better than I thought uh, Than I thought he was. And their, their songs are like much, they come through much hard hard rocking, more harder rocking. You're just disappointed Lennon wasn't here. Studio. Did you think that, really um, did you think that McCartney was a standout or was it really a group effort? It was, it's a, group it, effort, it was really. a group effort, except for uh, McCartney's solo songs. But for the rest of the songs, they, the whole group got, was involved with it. McCartney was always talking with the audience, so it was just, it was just great. Oh, I thought it was pretty good too. It was fantastic. I love it. I love Paul McCartney. Is this what really any double? Did you appreciate the Wings material or the old Beatles material better? The old Beatles material. I like the Beatles stuff the best. You think the Beatles are gonna show up tomorrow? No, one of them at least. John Lennon. Great, really. Out of sight, man. That guy what was your favorite talking. song? What did he do? Uh, Band on the Run. I like the Beatles, the old Beatles song. Like that. Dynamite. Fantastic. Dynamite. All right, New York. I want to hear it for New York. One more time. W-N-E-W. Rock and roll. FM. Man. It's Linda McCartney, and this is... Uh, James Paul McCartney, is this? Yes. Yeah, this is W-N-E-W. FM, and rock on. Stuck inside these four walls. Sent inside forever.
Another radio station went backstage to interview Paul, Linda, and Wings. New York's own 95.5 WPLJ with DJ Jim Kerr. I spent a very enjoyable evening in Madison Square Garden watching Wings Over America, a magnificent two-and-a-half-hour show with two encores. It was very, very nice. Before the show and after the show, some of my early morning friends came over to me as I was sitting there and they were saying things like, oh, you're going to go talk to Paul McCartney later? Really? You know, they were talking like that. And, and afterwards, people were coming up and saying, hey, I wish I was you. And I was thinking about that and made me think about how fortunate I am. You know, I have a nice job that I really like and I get an opportunity that I wouldn't ordinarily have to meet interesting and exciting people. And even though at times, you know, New York City disc jockey is supposed to maintain this certain level of cool. Well, last night I just had to throw that level of cool right out because I couldn't possibly live up to it. Last night when I walked into the dressing room and sat down across from Paul and Linda McCartney, I wasn't a New York City disc jockey. I was just a guy who was excited and thrilled to death to be there. And I had a good conversation with them. Brought it back to the station last night to transfer it from the reel-to-reel -reel tape to the cartridge tape so we could play it on the air. Was here until about 2 o'clock in the morning working on that. And while deciding with one of my friends what to leave in and what to take out, we just decided to leave everything in so that you could hear what it sounds like backstage. So when there are interruptions to get something to drink or or uh, when I'm not sure whether the tape recorder is working or not. We're just leaving all of that in so that you can hear what it was like so that maybe we can share a little bit of the backstage excitement with you. Conversation lasted about five minutes. You'll hear the whole thing, and I'm going to repeat it between 8.30 and 9, because yesterday when I was talking to some of the people at the garden, some people said, play between 7 and 8, and some people said, play between 8 and 9, because of the different times that they listened. So we're going to repeat it today, okay? It's quarter after 7 o'clock, and this is the way it was last night. Hi, Jim. Jim. PLJ. How you doing, son? Oh, PLJ. I listen to you. Hey, listen. That's a good station. Yeah, you play good music. We listen to you a lot coming back on when the plane lands. You know, we've been. Well, let, let me get the machine out. Wait, wait, wait. The machine's running. It's running. It's okay. And we, we fly back to New York. You know, we go and do sort of Boston and then fly back to New York. And driving in, we've been listening to your radio station. Who's the girl? Carol Miller. It must be late. Is she late? Hi, Carol. How are you doing, babe? Carol was almost crying because I couldn't get her back. Carol, don't cry. We love you and we listen. To you, Carolyn. We heard you tomorrow. the other evening, Carol, saying it was a lovely show, and we love you. It's true, Carol. Come tomorrow night. Okay, now I'm supposed to be cool. Yeah, he's got to be just. Uh, he is cool. I'm thrilled. Thank <laughs> Christ. I'm, I'm just blown away by sitting out there in the garden watching that concert. I'd never seen anything like it so in my cool. life. Oh, man, that's lovely. That really is that, that You just, couldn't say anything better. That was that was just amazing. Did you notice? I know that you've worked very hard to establish Wings as a band. Yeah. And. Did you notice that Denny Lane got a standing ovation on Time to Hide? Yeah. Nice one, Denny, even with the mistake for us. Yeah, it's, it's really nice for us to... Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we won't mention the mistake. It was a wee mistake in there. I saw a couple of fellas in the audience, and they, they obviously were musicians, you know, and you, can, you, you pick up on a couple and they knew, like, that we'd goof, we made a little goof in the middle. But Most I people saw, wouldn't... Well, I, I saw suppose. kids clapping when we did it. It was amazing. <laughs> it was an ad-lib. It was... Yeah, right. In fact, 
like that's what makes the shows Listen, different every night. Human you just we do are. a little mistake, we all look at each other, yeah. that's sort of the random element. Well, today, since I knew I was going to be seeing you tonight, I was very conscious of your music throughout the day as I walked around New York yeah. City. And I went into a couple of department stores, a drugstore, an elevator. Today, I heard string versions. Oh, Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another the music. Day. It's just another Maybe day. Maybe I'm amazed. Maybe I'm amazed the way. Do you ever... Do you ever get an opportunity? I know that I don't see you walking down the street, but do you ever walk into yeah, a place and hear Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, all you need to do is ask the kind of 30 people I met in Bloomingdale's last Christmas. <laughs> I was trying to do my Christmas shopping. I was taking Stella around, and we were buying presents for the family, you know. But do you ever walk in and hear one of your own songs just coming at you? Yeah, sometimes in the lift. You know, and I, I was in Hawaii doing That's some great. grocery shopping in the huge grocery store, and they were playing all sorts of My Love, you know, all that stuff. We love it, you know, we're suckers for all that. And when you get three, four cents each time they're playing, no, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not counting. Who's counting? I'll have one. Thank you. Oh, oh, so, would you, you like drink? a drink or something? Oh, I'd love something to drink. Two more, three or give this man but it was just it was just outstanding why have you stayed away from us so long well i see we just together. wanted to get it right you know just wanted to get it right because we could have come and it would have been kind of oh well it's all right but we, we did want to get it right you know I noticed that, now you've been in two bands that have been very successful, mm -hmm. and you had a period in between one album where you were a solo act and you were a duet for a while, yeah. but with the exception of a couple of songs, you seem to avoid your solo performances and play songs from the two different bands today. Yeah. Uh, why well, is that? Well, maybe I'm amazed just from, from the song. We didn't do anything from Ram, which right. is funny. I just yeah. realized that. No, really, I think the thing is we've got a lot of material to draw on, you know. Um, with the Beatles stuff, we, there's a lot to draw on there. I mean, you know, you, could, you can do so many of those songs. And with our own stuff, uh, it's just not, I suppose, just not possible to kind of get uh, a sample from every album, you know. Because it's a lot of stuff when you kind of look and you get it all in one chunk, you know. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And besides that, I've got to go into the next room and scream. <laughs> <laughs> scream, PLJ! But thanks a lot for taking the time out to speak with us. Right, well, we like stations. What time do you wake up in the morning? Oh, boy, after a night like tonight, there's no telling. But thanks I think a lot. I'll miss that one, actually. I appreciate but, uh, it. Well, tell Carol to come tomorrow. Listen, for all you people up at this unearthly time of the morning, just think of us making you envious, laying back there, snoozing, dozing a while. <laughs> no, all right, I won't. Well, Get to work. School's out anyway, isn't it? So everybody will probably be lying in tomorrow. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, PLJ. PLJ. After that, it was upstairs to a party. Some more conversation with Paul and Linda. It was a lot of fun. Some drinking, too. It's 20 after 7. Later in the evening, after all the parties and interviews were over, Paul phoned John about tomorrow night's show. According to McCartney, John and Yoko were in bed and were pleased that the show was a success. John mentioned that he gave the two tickets to Sean's babysitter, as he and Yoko were flying to see Ringo in Los Angeles to work with Ringo on his new album. The next day, May 25th, the Lennons fly to Los Angeles. Later in the afternoon in Manhattan, Wing's second concert at Madison Square Garden is about to happen, 
and rumors of a partial Beatles reunion tonight was in the air. Garden that just perhaps all four Beatles may show up on the stage here. And if you don't think that these people believe it, you should have seen the action outside around the scalpers and the enthusiasm inside before the performance began. Now, these two gentlemen here are scalpers, and they're selling tickets here for this concert. 23rd row, how much? 60. $60, yeah. 125 60 How much have you been getting for your tickets? 75 How much? How much? What section? What section is it? I thought that was A. I want A. I'll give you 75 for A. Are you excited about the possibility of a Beatles reunion? excited about the Beatles, about Paul McCartney. I cannot wait. What is so exciting about a 33-year-old man? What is so exciting about him? He has to be uh, one of my most favorite idols that I can possibly imagine. I was sick in bed, pulled myself out, been waiting for months. The excitement he creates with inside. I can see it. How old are all of you? Fifteen. Do you know that you weren't even born when the first Beatle albums came out? Yeah, we know. And why are you so excited about the Beatles? Then? With tickets in hand, I went to New York with my friends Mike and Chuck to Madison Square Garden that evening in hopes of seeing a second Beatle on stage at tonight's Wings concert. And just three minutes from now, although last night it didn't start till about 20 after 8, so I don't know exactly what time it'll go on, but uh, concert number two at the Garden with Wings Over America. This is Dennis Elsis at WNAW-FM in New York. We arrived by train to Penn Station. As we head inside Madison Square Garden, we passed a barrage of merchandise dealers. I purchased a Band on the Run t-shirt and a Wings Over America t-shirt. I had also purchased a tour program, 8x10 black and white tour promo photos, two Wings badges, and a Beatles 11x17 cloth mat. Yes, I was loaded down with stuff. I had also brought into the garden a tape recorder and a Super 8 movie camera, as I did at the Spectrum shows. Here is a bit of what I recorded that evening. As the lights went down, the excitement builds as Paul McCartney and Wings step onto the stage.
Paul and Wings played for another two hours, plus two encores. Although there were no additional surprises this evening, the concert was one that I'll never forget. Well, ex-Beatle Paul McCartney and his group Wings wound up several days of concerts in the New York area at Madison Square Garden tonight. Bob O'Brien, looking for more than one Beatle, was there. Right now, I'm speaking to you from a backstage phone at Madison Square Garden, and sorry to say this week's hottest rumor will remain just that, a pretty thought that simply refused to come true. After a sellout performance that often had the 20,000 and plus McCartney fans on their feet, there were two encores and that was it. No John Lennon, no George Harrison, and no Ringo Starr. Just Paul McCartney and Wings, and for everyone here tonight, that seemed to be plenty. From Madison Square Garden, this is Bob O'Brien reporting. Well, the ultimate dream for many performers is... When I arrived home from New York, I turned on my radio to try to catch some of the reviews of the show. Here is one I recorded from 102.7 WNEW-FM. DJ Allison Steele, The Nightbird. The tape of the conversation I had in Paul McCartney's dressing room exactly an hour ago. Uh, Linda was sitting with us at the beginning of it. And, uh, and then she left to graciously talk to some visitors. And um, if you just joined us, <laughs> I told Paul how everyone last night was giving the concert a 15, and I concur, you know, it was just um, excellent, excellent concert, good music, nice people, it was just, um, it was a New York happening that will be, be remembered for a long time to come. And uh, thank you, Wings, for giving us the treat. So, let's... Listen to um, the conversation with Paul. It was a wonderful concert, Paul. Oh, thank you very uh, much. Are you aware of the pandemonium that was going on out there in the garden? Uh, yeah. Can you hear it from up there? Well, yeah, you can hear most of it, yeah. Uh, did you, were you aware of the firecrackers and the sparklers and all of yes, that? Yes, you can see and hear all of them, yeah. It doesn't seem to uh, disrupt your cool at all. Well, you know, you, you get a bit used to it, you know, has when they it, start letting like Has it been this way all along the tour? Yeah, it has, actually. It's been um, some places even wilder. Washington was wilder, twice as wild. More than this? Yeah. yeah. I think that was because Ford was there. <laughs> Elder? Front row. Yeah, Jerry, you know, front row. He had letting off the firecrackers. I was telling him, Jerry, stop it. I said, it's bad for your image, son. He was saying, it's the young vote. I was saying, OK, then. It doesn't, right it doesn't frighten you, then, at all. I, I just got an awful feeling. I in your place might feel they're going to come up and get me. No, I don't think it's, the kind, it's that kind of tension. You know, it's a sort of New Year's Eve kind of tension, which is okay. Yeah. All right, that's a great description of it. Yeah, yeah. It still feels time. safe to us, you know. Um, why did you feel that you would do the tour at this particular time? I mean, what? Well, we, uh, we were sort of working up to this tour, really. We'd played England and we'd played Australia. And... Uh, uh, then we were, you know, set to come and play America, so uh, we came. But you've had seven successful albums, what, three platinum, two gold, uh, a, a Grammy Award without ever appearing. Did you, yeah. Why did you do it then? Did you feel that you should? Well, it's, not, that... it's not just to kind of sell the records, although that's Obviously part of not, it. Obviously not, no. That's but why. Uh, uh, we like playing, you know, we like playing to an audience. And uh, once you've done England and Australia, America's the only place left. <laughs> For like English-speaking audiences, you know. 
But anyway, listen, we love America, you know, and we love to come here and play to our fans because yeah. we love them. Oh, and there's a lot of them. Does it ever um, occur to you that the that 18,000 people out there in the garden tonight, and most of them were tots when the Beatles were in their heyday? Yeah, some of them were. I don't know about most of them. Well, I'd say a good 50%. Under 12s. Right, I heard that line yes. last night, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it sometimes occurs to me, you know, uh, it doesn't worry me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I like young oh, no. people. Oh, I, th I think it's a tremendous tribute, uh, the fact that... Uh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Does it dismay you that they seem so overly interested in seeing the group reconvene, the Beatles? No, I, I think after the show, you know, I think you find a lot of people if you kind of talk to some of the people after the show here. Uh, I, don't, I think the kind of question, I think... The Beatles reunion was a very kind of hot issue um, before we came to America and kind of played. Um, I've got a feeling it's sort of dying as an issue, you know. I think people are kind of saying, well, you know, maybe they shouldn't come together. Maybe Wings is kind of well, I certainly a new hope thing. so. I, mean, I, I think it's going that way, you know. I've got a feeling that. To me, it's begun to be a terrible bore, I imagine, to you Well, that's too, what I mean. Yes. I think to people, too, you know, when they, they kind of know that they sit at home and kind of cringe when someone yeah. asks the question. Yeah, yeah. of course. But uh, as I say, you know, the Beatles split in 69, and since then they've been doing fine. If that question doesn't cease, ain't no one gonna get no peace. Okay. That's my one. And a, and a great key, Linda. That was in a great key. Um, <laughs> just a few questions about lifestyle. When you're not touring, for instance, you live in England? Yeah. Scotland. Uh, country, city. Got a farm in Scotland, mm. yeah. And what do you do when you're not making music? I mean, what's your favorite kind oh, of thing? Oh, boy, just kind of relaxing, you know, doing nothing, just hanging around. Seeing what the weather's like, going out, walking. You have hobbies? Planting trees, yes. shearing sheep, riding horses. You're really a farmer. I love it, you know. Yes. It's great, you know. It's, it's like when you're a kid, you 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 get into the soil and the ground yes. and the flowers. You sort of lie around in fields on a summer's day when you're a child, you know. I think when you grow up, you sort of feel adult and you feel that, well, it's a little beneath me to sort of get down amongst the flowers mm -hmm. and sort of pick up soil and do all things like that. It's only for children. Well, it isn't. You know, it's, just, it's the kind of thing you can easily recapture and it's just as good as when you were a kid. It smells just as good, that's sort of even better, right? Even better, yeah, because you're sort of recapturing what you thought was lost, you know. How difficult is it to have a, a almost normal home life as a superstar? Well, you know, I mean, that's something I always used to think of because my friends would have kids and stuff, and I used to think, well, you know, it's inevitable that kids are going to grow up as kind of Paul McCartney's daughters, my my ones, you know. But um, we, we just treat them very normally ourselves. And, you know, they occasionally come out with funny things like, you're Paul McCartney, aren't you, Daddy? You know, and things like this. And, you know, so they're sort of aware of it, but they, I think they're very straight with it, you know, and it, I don't think it is anything that has to sort of wreck their lives. And we tr we try and just keep it sort of very normal. I say, yeah, cool. I'm Paul McCartney, yeah, sure, you know, and uh, I sing a song for them and stuff, and I say, well, you know. But uh, I think they're very sort of normal kids, you know, and we, we try and do it very sort of normal. We don't... Do anything that'll freak them out, you know. You both seem very. Linda seems so very well adjusted, uh, and, I, and she's average. she's come through a lot. She took a lot of criticism mm -hmm. uh, when you were married, and, and no, she no, seems no. to have been able to adjust to it so marvelously. Yeah, she has. Yeah. Did you yeah. help her with that? Um, 
Yeah, but she's a strong girl, you know. She's she's not stupid, you know. And no, she's no, not by no means. She's not. But still, the way it's, it's sort of people write about her, you no, know, they I tend know. to sort of think of her as some kind of pushy New York chick who kind of you know has really yeah. pushed away. In fact, it's the opposite. She's from New York. That doesn't mm. make you pushy. Stops right there, of course. You know, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> she's uh, she handles it well, I think. I know. think, yeah, I think she she's there, um, and very much in evidence, but uh, doesn't appear to want to steal too much of the spotlight. No, well, and, and that's she's the thing. An she sort part of the takes show. the level that is the right level for her, really. You know, she isn't a kind of uh, experienced singer. You know, so she her role is a bit more of a backup singer, you know, but she's got a good voice and she can very, hold the harmony yeah, and stuff. And she comes over very charming. And she yeah. plays the keyboards yeah, very, very well, you know, so... Uh, and she appears to be having a good time. You do too. You really yeah. are enjoying it, aren't you? Sure, yes, ma'am. Do you have any particular uh, dreams or oh, visions of, of what Paul McCartney will be in another five years or another ten years? Or don't you think about that? Forty. Yeah, oh, I thought about that tonight. Isn't that funny? Because yesterday was Bob Dylan's 35th birthday. Oh, yes. And and that whole thing went through my mind. How well, you, you know, yourself? I think uh, when I was 18, I thought that 25 was the yeah. ultimate age. Over the hill. That's it. 25, you're finished. Um, I got to be 25, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's not, not finished, you know. I got to be 30, I thought, well, maybe 30 is about the age, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be finished then. Got to 30, and now I'm 33, nearly 34. And uh, it kind of doesn't really uh, feel that different, you know. I mean, I'm a bit surprised, you know, I expected it to feel a lot different, but it feels very similar. So maybe I'm a freak. No, no, believe me, in a couple you'll feel right. exactly Listen, the same. <laughs> says, believe you. me, in a few years' time, you'll be feeling bad. Uh, I don't think so. No, no I was just wondering, I don't expect you to ever feel better, but I just wondered if you felt the kind of thing that you've built up, the musical image, the yeah. performing. Can it last? Can it sustain? I don't know, really. You know, I have the feeling myself that maybe it can, but obviously I can't be doing... I mean, I sing a lot of kind of very high songs, yes. very kind of high range. Whereas summer songs, I sing higher than I used to sing, you know, when I was yeah. like 11. Yeah. I started probably singing when I was about 11, you know, I used to do a little Richard takeoff. Richard, if you're listening, I love you. Well, anyway. did, did your mother say Paul sing? Was that kind of thing? No, no. Yeah. Just you just like to do it. Yeah. yeah, at school, you know. At the end of term at school, when school broke up, they'd all take their guitars into class and I'd get up on the desk and sing Little Richard. Without any, any uh, pushing. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I do songs now in higher keys than I even, even did then, and that's like 22 years ago. Yeah. So uh, I'm amazing myself, you know. But uh, as long as I can do it, you know, it's, I may have to uh, bring the keys down a little uh, as the years yeah. roll by. But I don't know, you know, the future's you don't, you remains to be seen, yeah. really. I, I, no, I'm not. I don't panic about that kind of thing, you know. I figure that if uh, it kind of uh, doesn't work, then it doesn't work. I'll Would you do something else? In. Could you do something else? Yeah, I've got all sorts of little secret things yes. I'd quite like to do. Did you, would you ever be a professional farmer? I mean, uh, well, I am a professional well, I mean, farmer at the moment. Totally, yeah. totally. Would that satisfy you? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to Maybe. Try. Yeah. Um, but uh, probably, I. You see. Luckily, I'm also a composer. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking to me now as a performer. Yes, and we're I kind am. Of, we're chatting, I could just pass right uh, over that. Yeah, you see, I mean, I, I do that. And you can be writing songs like yesterday oh, when you're right. 90, if hey. you can manage it. A hundred years from today, your songs will still be sung and played, and your royalties will still be uh, paid out. In. It's a lovely it's, thought, isn't it? Well, yeah.
Okay. Uh, just one more question, Paul. What do you think of the state of music today? I mean, do you have any opinions on it? Yeah, I think it's good, you know. I think from time to time people say, oh, the music scene's bad. And from time to time it, it does get a bit bad, you know, it gets a bit kind of yucky. But um, at the moment I think it's great, you know. I think there's some real hot records around, you know. There's a lot of people... You always get people who are kind of undiscovered for years, like people like uh, yeah. Elvin Bishop's kind Overnight of Overnight successes, single. it only took him 20 years, right? Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, all, it all keeps happening. I got faith, you know. Do you do you have any particular favorite now, anybody you'd bet on uh, as a superstar? Up-and-coming superstars. Yeah. Well, I don't know, you know, you can never tell superstar. I mean, I like Bob Marley oh, yeah. with the Whalers. Do you think reggae will really make it big, or will it well, just be kind it's of... it's made it big. It is big. Um, but it kind of depends what you're looking at. You know, if you're looking at kids worldwide, yes. it's a pretty big form of music, you know. I love it myself. Well, you were one of the first lot. to bring reggae into pop with The Love is Strange. That was one of the early ones yeah, this was, time uh, around. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Bahivala was another one, Loggins and Messina. They kind of filtered yeah, in now on Paul every... Paul Simon did a thing, yeah. On every single album now, there's one. You know? Yeah, well, the Stones have got a sort of reggae yeah. mm -hmm. feel on uh, hot stuff. Yeah, um... That's the way it sort of assimilated itself with the, the groups these days. They sort of, you know, air clap and as you yeah. said, stones. Yeah. And a lot of people sort of do a little touch of reggae. Well, mind you, the real thing with reggae, of course, is the Jamaican thing. Yes. The, yeah. No one can quite do it like yeah. the Jamaicans, yeah. which is great for the Jamaicans. Sure, it's, it's, it's really ethnic music in its way. It's like yeah. playing bagpipes on 7th Avenue in Manhattan. It wouldn't be quite the, it's same. Not the same. Yeah. But um, the, the thing is, I say, it's, it is just the one island. Yeah. It's not like Antigua yes. or Barbados. Yes. They haven't got reggae. They've got calypso yeah. and they've got different kinds of music. But uh, reggae is just totally Jamaica. Do you think there will ever be another musical revolution equivalent to, to what the Beatles have brought? Yeah, I think there's going to be everything that there was again. Because I think it goes everything on is forever. Everything yeah. I, I got an idea it goes on forever. And... Um, you know, I don't agree with these kind of people who say, oh, well, you know, it's not like the 60s. I mean, it isn't like the 60s, no, it's... but it's like the 70s, and it's as good as the 60s in a way. But, of course, like everyone who's kind of 10 years older and guys are a little bit more married and they're not looking out looking for chicks, and maybe it's not quite as exciting for them. Um, but, you know, in a whole different way for me, uh, it's just as good. I think so, I think so, and I, I think I think Wings are here to I save mean, the, for a we long time. we haven't got flower power and stuff, but... You've got something else. Yeah, it's something else, you, you know. Got much more professionalism, much more eclecticism in the music. I like that word. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Well, it means that you appeal to... You've widened, you've broadened the horizons to so... Doesn't it mean religious, eclecticism? No, nothing no. to do with church. I don't <laughs> sounds know what very, it sounds very clerical. No, it just means that... Uh, that uh, there's more uh, modes of music incorporated into one. Rock used to be yeah. only guitars and drums. Now, uh, on a station like uh, mine, an FM station, I can play a little classical, a little Sinatra, a little Paul mm. McCartney, a little this. Mm. That's eclectic, mm. and I think that's healthy. Oh, yeah. And you've contributed a great sure, deal to yeah. that, you know. To yeah, well, that's it. You know, you go back in the past and you find little people like Bach, you know, and he was a right rocker. Absolutely. That boy. Skivvy and away at home, right on his organ, you know. With Paul McCartney on his t shirt. This is it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. It's a great pleasure okay. for me. See you. Paul McCartney backstage at Madison Square Garden. And I think this uh, song is uh, most descriptive of uh, Paul and Linda and just everything that happened tonight.
time itself is falling A love so warm and beautiful Never fades away Love, faith and hope are beautiful When your world is touched by sadness it was beautiful and it was a, an experience as I said and um, I hope I haven't given the impression that I neglected uh, for one moment wings, the rest of wings it's very difficult in a situation like that in a dressing room after a concert it's it's quite chaotic. There are a lot of people that uh, belong there, a lot of people who don't, who try to get back. Uh, everybody wants to talk to the stars uh, to compliment them. And um, you heard much loud noise conversation in the background. I would have liked to have spoken to Denny and Jimmy and everybody. But uh, they were very tired. They did uh, two nights and long concerts and very exciting. So I didn't want to oppose too much. but. I in no way want to give the impression that uh, that they didn't contribute mightily to the evening. They certainly did. They're a marvelous band, and each one of them has such a distinct personality on stage, and musicianship was just, uh, um, what's the word I want? Well, you couldn't criticize it. I'll think of it. I'm, I've been so kind of up 
that I'm really flying tonight and have a hard time focusing my thoughts and uh, articulating them. Um, the music was just about as good as you can get. And uh, New York will seem very dull and quiet tomorrow morning, won't it? Until the next one. And that's the nice thing about uh, New York and about music and about you and I is that uh, there's always something happening here, especially at WNEWFM, so that life never does get dull. You get up those mountains and you stay there, you hover there, you're in ecstasy and you come down the other side and before you look around there's another mountain. And we'll climb them all together.
that are just over and uh, I still think that upon sober reflection uh, things will perhaps come out differently than they have in the past couple of days and it's it's a very strange thing because uh, reading the review of the first concert done in Texas in the New York Times was just glowing praise whereas there was a report today which was somewhat less favorable and I, I kind of wonder if, if sometimes we don't get swept up in the totality of an event and then uh, looking back at it a couple of weeks later have a different viewpoint. I mean, there are certain concerts I've been to and have not really been all that impressed while I was there, but on looking back have considered it to be one of the finer concerts. And certain concerts that I've really enjoyed tremendously, I thought at the time, and then looking back, uh, reflecting, seeing that they weren't uh, all they were cracked up to be. And I kind of wonder what uh, the McCartney thing will feel like looking back in a couple of weeks. I know that uh, last night my opinion was uh, as high as it could possibly get, I suppose. A great concert. Anyway, checking the weather. After an amazing concert, people just keep calling and... Uh you know what a lot of people are saying tonight, and I agree 100%. A lot of people are um, complaining about the reviews in the newspapers, the reviews that the newspaper writers give to, have given to the Wings concert. And if they said it, if they didn't love it, I think they must have been sitting on their pens or something. How can you say it was? I think the best uh, best review of the concert is today's center uh, spread in the Daily News. They have great pictures. It just captures the feeling of the concert. And, you know, I guess a lot of people must agree with me because I'm just relating what a lot of people are telling me. But I don't know where those reviewers are. It was a fabulous concert. That's what I got to say. About it. WPLJ.
WPLJ from their latest Wings at the Speed of Sound and from what I understand another fantastic concert last night for those of you especially who were not able to get tickets I hope that was in some way a chance for you to share in the enjoyment and the magic and the moment Coming up in a moment... Lennon is cooking. I was cooking at the time. I just uh, knocked it off for him. Wings continue their world tour. Oh, boy, what a sound, what a haul. Oh. Hey, what a haul, huh? And Beatles reunion rumors spark a couple of fabs to get up on stage. I would personally like to play together again. Just be interested and see what we were like. We could sit in, you know, some studio somewhere and see if it worked. I mean, it may not work after all this time. Who knows? Next on Yesterday and Today... Or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search yesterdayandtodaypodcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Thank you.